0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, everybody? Nathan King here from the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Wanted to just remind everybody about one of our great sponsors here on the 24-7 Sports Network, and that is Home Field Apparel. What is Home Field Apparel? You guys, the a premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis that produces incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs like Auburn and all of their great logos and designs um, that they've had throughout their history Homefield digs through the archives and history of your school to find unique logos, mascots and moments to make thoughtful designs for your school. Obviously one of their most popular collections is the Auburn collection. Now, now over 20 pieces in total on their site, homefieldapparel.com. If you guys were anywhere on social media, you, you were part of the Peacock movement. Um, if you're an Auburn fan of the Auburn basketball season, they've got a great Peacock shirt and Peacock hoodie. That says Auburn hoops, easily my favorite design of theirs. Um, it's a great, great piece of uh, piece of work for an Auburn fan to pick up to commemorate this basketball season. You guys can still get 15% off your first purchase at homefieldapparel.com with the code Auburn Undercover. That's all caps, all one word, Auburn Undercover. Please go check it out. You guys love their product, have loved it for a really long time. If you guys have been anywhere in the world of college athletics in the past couple of years in terms of social media, like I talked about, they have been phenomenal. They've done a really good job of branding themselves and they back it up with a great product. And Auburn is one of their biggest sellers, like that new peacock uh, jacket I was just telling you guys about. So be sure to go pick that up. Get 15% off your first purchase. Again, promo code, all caps, Auburn undercover at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. Mm-hmm. everybody, another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Welcome everybody into the pregame pod. Of course, it is Auburn's first division matchup of the season tonight at 6 central time on ESPN against the LSU Tigers. Auburn is actually looking to win three straight games in this series. It's kind of crazy to think about. Obviously, they, they won in 2020. That was the largest margin of victory in the series history for Auburn, 48-11 over LSU during that COVID season. And then last year, obviously, was Auburn's first win in Baton Rouge since 1999. So attempting to make a nice streak of it, they do get LSU at home, but um, LSU is about a touchdown favorite this week. The visiting Bayou Bengals are three and one on the season, and also one and zero in SEC play. To preview LSU here on the pregame pod, we bring in Glenn West from Go Twenty Four Seven, our LSU sister site, of course. And uh, you know, Glenn, I it, I remember watching that that LSU Florida state game in week one and uh, just some ugliness all around in that one. But uh, it seems like LSU, at least you look at their second half against Mississippi state, you look at the second half against New Mexico as well. Um, they obviously weren't super strong at the beginning of that game, but certainly seems like they maybe have their, their footing under them a little bit better than they were at the beginning of the season. Just, just what can you tell me of your general impressions of, of Brian Kelly in year one now that we're you know a third of the way through the season?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, they've righted the ship, I think, a little bit uh, more than people thought. You know, I think kind of heading into this one, you were – this is going to be really the first test, I would say, in terms of really seeing what this team can be on the road. Um, You know, we've seen it at home. They played fantastic in the second half against Mississippi State, as you alluded to. Um, It really looks like quarterback Jaden Daniels has gotten his feet under him with this offense. He's becoming more comfortable. He's becoming more poised in the pocket. Um, and he's really allowing the plays to develop for him, you know, early in the season uh, in that Florida state game, you know, he was going quick decisions, but you know, if his first or second read was there, he was flying, you know, he was taken off. And I think what you really got a chance to see against New Mexico uh, in that second half in particular uh, was him being a lot more decisive with his decision making. That's something that Brian Kelly has told us this week of how, much he's developed in really this last week or two is just the decisiveness in which he's making his decisions. Um, He's becoming more comfortable as a pocket passer. And then he obviously has those legs to really bounce back off of and and really use to his advantage in in terms of moving the sticks and making big plays down the field. Um, He's been really fun to watch the last two weeks. And I think LSU is finally starting to get uh, the quarterback they were hoping to develop uh, when they got him back in the spring. Yeah, I guess for a
0: little bit more on on Daniels, he was able to beat out um, Garrett Nussmeyer, of course, uh-huh. in the preseason. It, it it seemed like it might have been a rocky quarterback situation, at least for a little bit, um, when you had Miles Brennan choosing to to retire from from football. But like you mentioned, it it seems like Daniels has has settled in nicely there. Um, he had a decent test in Week One against Florida State. Um, but tell me a little bit about what LSU has going in terms of the, the passing game and the receiving core. We know that Kayshaun Boutte is supposed to be one of the best receivers in the sec from, from what I can gather, at least looking at it from the exterior at the beginning of the season, maybe hasn't gotten off to the most explosive start in the world. I know he missed uh he missed that last game um, for the, for the birth of his, of his child, I believe. And so, but they've got some other names. Malik neighbors has had a good start to the season. Just what does this passing game do well? And uh, and how do you think they're going to be tested on Saturday?
1: Yeah, so they've they've really developed, I think, over the last couple weeks in particular. Um, you know, kind of heading into the season, it was, you know, the first week or two, you definitely saw a little bit of a feeling out process because they have really, I think, one of the deepest rooms in all of the SEC. You just mentioned Kayshawn a little bit. They've struggled to get him going for sure, um, but he is still one of the more explosive receivers in this conference. Um, but really the emergence of Malik Neighbors. Uh, particularly over the last couple weeks, um, you know, we saw it all fall here at LSU and Baton Rouge. Um, you know, a lot of the media members that I've been talking to here locally, we were all like kind of going into the season thinking he could make an All SEC case because he looked that good. He's extremely great in terms of uh, his direction and, and being able to move quickly on his feet, change of pace. Um, he's great at at, at at you know high pointing the ball. Um, and and he's somebody that I think has really popped over the last couple of weeks. He's shown a really great chemistry with Jaden Daniels, um, and that, I think that has allowed, uh, or what we'll get a chance to see is if that has allowed uh, LSU to maybe have somebody else that you know defenses can key in on instead of just being Kayshawn all the time. And so. If they're able to get some of these guys going, you know, Jack Besh is another name. He was second on the team last year in receiving yards and catches. And uh, he was very consistent when Kayshawn was playing last year as well. Um, So if they can get a couple of these guys going and get him to be a little bit more consistent, I think that really opens up the field for Kayshawn, allows him uh, to get back to some more one-on-one matchups and where defenses really can't just key in on him. Because if you key in on him uh, a lot – uh, that's going to open up the field for neighbors, for Jack Bash, for Brian Thomas, uh, Chris Hilton, all these guys, Jare Jenkins. Um, they, they have a lot of receivers that they have trust in and think that you can produce at a very high level.
0: The, the hot topic around here, really, it has been for the past few seasons, um, but it's coming to a head this season is offensive line play. Uh-huh. Um, if Auburn fans didn't already know the importance of it, they are quickly finding out that you can't do much on offense without um, a decent O-line. For LSU, I know they're they've made a little bit of history this year, first time in program history they had freshman starters at both tackle spots. I know maybe they have a little bit of an injury to a guard spot at the moment. How strong have they been um, so far this season, and in 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 not only protecting Daniels but but setting up a run game because they have a couple talented backs.
1: Yeah, so they're they're on track to have their fourth different starting lineup in these first five games, and so. Um, you know, part of that has to do with the injury to Garrett Dellinger, like you alluded to. He was their left guard. Uh, sounds like they're going to slide Miles Frazier, who is a starting right guard at the time, uh, over to left guard. And they'll implant one of the veterans, whether it's Anthony Bradford uh, or, or Traymond Shorts or somebody like that, uh, into that right guard spot. But, yeah, you mentioned the two freshman tackles. Really, they got the opportunity um, against Mississippi State to start. And they look fantastic. I mean, if you look at the, the analytical stats, the advanced stats, they have not only been two of the top, you know, highly ranked tackles in the conference, uh, but in the country, you know, these last couple weeks, Emory Jones and Will Campbell, um, they are the real deal. And I think LSU is extremely excited about those guys. Um, you, you kind of alluded to it as well. They've been able to open up the run game a little bit more uh, these last two weeks. You've gotten John Emory back. Uh, who was a very highly touted five-star recruit a couple of years back. He's been off the field for academic issues the last, you know, really 18 months. It had been a while since he had played uh, in an LSU game, but he's getting his feet wet a little bit. He got the Noah Kane transfer from Penn State. Um, Armani Goodwin is a second-year player who was really popped uh, early in the season. So they have some talented backs that they can use, but I think this is really going to be – um, you know, a, a game that's defined by how well Jaden's able to be back there and, and be consistent with his arm in the pocket.
0: On the flip side, so like we talked about, Auburn not only has struggled along the offensive line there, now onto their – who was their number three center in the preseason. Obviously, Nick Brahms retired from football before the season started, then Tate Johnson. He's going to be out maybe for the rest of the season, a couple months at least, um, with an elbow injury. He's having surgery on Thursday. Um, I guess as we record this, it's going to be he had surgery – on Thursday, but now it's Jaleel Irvin at center. He really struggled against Missouri. And just overall, these past couple of games for Robert against Penn State and particularly against Mizzou, the ground game, especially, has, has just gotten no push at all for, for a guy like Tank Bigsby, who might be the most talented back in the league. You look at LSU's defensive front, I know they lost Mason, so I know that was a huge blow for them in week one. Other than the edge spots, I know about obviously Ojalari and they they've got good pass rushers there. How good is this interior? Still without a guy like Mason Smith, how, how scared of that should Auburn fans still be with the way their offensive line has been performing?
1: Yeah, so they've been surprisingly extremely efficient up front. Um, I think kind of when they lost Mason Smith on that first drive, it was, oh, my gosh, the sky is falling and, and you know, LSU is really going to have some trouble on the interior. Um, but they've been fantastic. I mean, uh, really, what's allowed LSU defensively to have so much... Fun up front has been the the consistency in the secondary they've been extremely uh disciplined back there and you didn't really know what to expect out of this secondary coming into the year uh because they are pretty much all brand new i mean it's transfers freshmen uh all those guys are, are extremely new um but you know i guess just getting back to the defensive line play you got J- uh, Jaquelin roy who's a potential first round pick Uh, You've got Makai Wingo, who was an All-SEC freshman last year at Mizzou, uh, who's transferred over. He's kind of taken that interior role left behind by Smith. Um, They have a couple other guys, Jacoby and Guillory, um, uh, Bryce Langston. Those are guys that they can kind of implement in in rotational spots. But really it's going to come down to those first two guys that I mentioned, interior on the interior. And, um, you know, look, Tank Bixby is a guy that has given LSU fits the last couple of years. He's an extremely talented back. Um, I think LSU kind of heads into this game knowing how important keying in on him is going to be, and I think that's going to start with the play of Roy, uh, with Wingo, uh, with Mike Jones at linebacker, with Harold Perkins, the freshman five-star who they have coming in, has really been a great kind of uh, kind of piece for LSU the last two weeks. They've really implemented him well. Um, and, and Matt House has called some really great games the last couple weeks. They're defensive coordinators. So I think they, they come in with a lot of confidence, but also knowing they got to stop this run game if they want a chance of winning. Okay,
0: picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild when you look at obviously they're on a a, you know, a mini winning streak of course a, getting past that Florida State loss and like you said sort of riding the ship so there have been a lot of positives for them now heading into this division matchup the second of the season um for them what are some of your concerns though on both sides of the ball obviously um you know they're still figuring things out under under a, a brand new coaching staff but what are some of the things that you've seen through these first few weeks that that probably can't rear up in this game or else LSU might might have a close one here and and have to take it to the wire
1: yeah so concerns I would say you know kind of the offense falling back into what they were doing in that Florida State game where it was pretty much Jaden just running around for his life I mean the offensive line really struggled those first couple weeks I think they felt like they've really kind of found a, a position especially on the outside with those two freshman tackles um, but this is, this is another level. I mean, these guys are going on the road in the SEC for the first times in their careers. Um, and, you know, those lights, you know, and Jordan Hare, those, it's going to be trouble if they're not careful. And I think, um, you know, the fact that this is going to be – I'm not sure at this time when we're recording what the weather situation is going to be like for this one, um, but LSU's been preparing all week probably like that they're, they're going to be preparing for some rain. And so um, ball's going to be wet. It's going to be slippery. It's going to be one of those, you know, sluggish kind of games where I think you're going to have to be very run dependent. Um, and the the running game has really struggled at times for LSU offensively this year. Uh, they got it together last week against New Mexico in the second half, but um, you know, that's not, not a great sample size. You know, you got, you got to really show it here against some SEC competition. And I know uh, Auburn's got a really great front with, with Derek Hill, kind of leading the way up there. Uh, so it's going to be important for those guys to really, uh, make sure they they establish the run early. Um, you know, defensively, I would say there really haven't been a whole ton of, of 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 lingering kind of concerns. You know, I would say they fixed a lot of that after their first week against Florida State, where they weren't able to get off the field on third downs. They've been really really special. I mean, they pitched a shutout last week to New Mexico, allowed less than hundred yards. Uh, yes, it's New Mexico. Yes, it's not a great. Uh, parameter in terms of competition but it's really hard these days to for a defense to allow any offense under 100 yards and to completely shut them out uh you know offense is so tailored to college football now and it's success so uh you know for for defense i think they they come in extremely confident uh they're going to get jay ward back they're going to get joe Fusha, uh the arkansas transfer uh to start at safety next to greg brooks so there's some continuity issues that I think could 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 possibly crop up if they're not careful, but this is a defense that's coming in with a ton of momentum.
0: Just overall, what have your impressions been of of Brian Kelly? Obviously, the offseason, was uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of hype around him when he first came in from from Notre Dame. Obviously, you know there's no there's no debating his, his you know his his prowess as a head coach over the past decade. Um, then you had the uh, the interesting sound bites that came out. Um, and you know, it's it's never dull over there at LSU and Brian Kelly has definitely added to that. But I guess what are the biggest differences you noticed again early on in the season between the way he likes to run this program, um the way things go on a week-to-week basis under him, as opposed to what you saw through through a few a few years of covering at Orgeron?
1: Man, it is uh night and day in terms of just the the preparation in terms of the uh I don't want to say professionalism because Coach O was professional and was very you know, direct with the media, and it was pretty good with the media. But there's just an added layer to, I think, Brian Kelly coming in here. Um, he has been so articulate in, in the messages that he's putting out there to the media. He's been articulate in what he wants his players to be thinking about and the way they want to uh, you know, prepare for these games. He's been all about accountability since he's gotten here. That's been the big word thrown around. Uh, since the early days of spring. Um, and he honestly just has exceeded a lot of my expectations. I kind of came in thinking a lot like I think many other media members around the uh, around the nation who hadn't really gotten a chance to know him. I thought he was going to be a little bit more stern, a little bit more kind of to the point in his answers. But he's um, he's been very, flamb- you know, just joyous and, and kind of just a really fun guy to talk to and be around and talk about football with. I mean, he... Uh, always, you know, seems to crack a joke at one of our media uh, sessions, and they don't always land. And, and I think we've seen that kind of over the, uh, the the social media the last couple weeks in terms of of the jokes that are hit and miss. But um, he's been a really fun fun guy to cover here in year one, and um, you know, I'm really looking forward to getting to you know know him and pick his brain a little bit more about football.
0: Yeah, it's good perspective by you to to talk about. Um, what you see every day because like you said the the stuff that circulates nationally of course is what everybody is gonna see um so i guess it's good to know from his perspective that uh that not all the jokes are <laughs> are the ones that we see although i still find those i still find those pretty uh pretty hilarious <laughs> the, yeah. the one a couple the one a couple weeks ago uh, was probably the was probably the best one i had seen from him <laughs> but um i guess just overall in this game now your your thoughts on how this matchup might play out what you think maybe a couple keys for lsu are to to get a win here again they're they're a touchdown favorite on the road against auburn it's been a while um since you since you might have been able to say something like that and i think it's a little bit more of an indictment of what auburn has has looked like early in the season but um you you don't have to make a score prediction if you don't want to at this point of the week again we are recording this on wednesday you'll hear it on saturday morning but just um your general thoughts on how this how this matchup might play out on saturday night
1: Sure. You know, I I think this is going to be, this is always a tough matchup for LSU. I mean, they, I mean, even going back to that 2019 season where they were just running through teams, um, Auburn had them on the ropes there for a good portion of that game. uh, And LSU escaped with, I think a two point win in that game, if I'm not mistaken. So um, this is always going to be one of those wonky matchups where I think LSU is uh, they've just had some trouble with them. And so, um, I, I do think that LSU has some ad- advantages in this game. I think it's going to be really important for really both teams to get the run game going early. Um, you know, especially if there's going to be some rain in the area, if it's going to be one of those wet ball kind of games um, where you're going to have to really slug it out defensively. You want to get those running backs involved early. I think LSU found something last week in terms of how they were rotating their backs. Um you know, I think it's going to be important for, for both teams to hang on to the football. I mean, I, I know that's a simple kind of key to the game, but uh, when LSU turns the ball over, they are, uh, you know, it's just they don't have the offense, I think, to recover from giving up a couple extra possessions a game. And so they got to be very careful with the football. Um, defensively, you've got to, you know, stay stay in your key, stay zoned up. Um, you know, I think you're going to see Um, you know, whether it's Ashford or whether it's Finley, uh, they're going to have a game plan for both of those guys. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit beforehand, but it sounds like Ashford is a guy who kind of gets out of the pocket and delivers some throws downfield. So, um, you know, secondary is going to have to really hold up. I do think it's going to be a pretty low scoring game. I'm kind of in the, you know, 26, 21 range, 25, 21 range. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a pretty close game. Um, you know, you get, you go on the road and any kind of any kind of win on the road in the SEC is a positive, and so whether it looks clean, whether it's uh, you know a little bit more jumbled in terms of the execution, um, you just want to see. I think both teams go out there and, and, and execute as best possible, and uh, I do think LSU has a slight advantage in this one, but it's going to be a really fun game to be a part of. Yeah, always crazy. Of course, we don't have to tell LSU and Auburn fans how <laughs> how weird
0: this series is, and it just seems like the more the more ingredients you toss in, uh, like the like the hurricane. This time yeah. around it just adds to just gonna add to the the weirdness and the craziness. Yeah, like you mentioned in twenty nineteen. Um I think that was the only I think Burrow had multiple passing touchdowns in every game the entire season. Yeah. Except for that one against against Auburn, where they they yeah. Derek Brown played. is a different beast.
1: I that remember just, hearing about Derrick Brown for that whole entire offseason, and he was absolutely the the mess up guy in that game. He was the guy that effed everything up. So yes. <laughs> that Aven's,
0: was yep. And it was was the second game of of, of a couple – I can't remember if they were back-to-back, but they did the same thing at Florida where he was just throwing multiple guys around at the same time. He had two separate takeaways in that game, but their offense just couldn't do anything, and so it wasn't Mm -hmm. enough to to get the win. But, yeah, should be a crazy one, should be a crazy environment. Of course, it'll probably be rainy and windy, all that kind of stuff, so who knows what the conditions will be like. Um, Should be a great game, though, Saturday night. So thank you so much to Glenn for hopping on today and giving our listeners some great – insight and perspective sort of a last minute fix here on lsu on the pregame pod thank you so much to everybody for listening to this edition of the pregame pod if you guys enjoyed it please go leave us a five-star review that's the number one thing that helps us out the bumper music is by beats by mordecai you guys can follow him on twitter soundcloud and instagram and until the next episode on sunday me and jason will be reacting to the game the lsu game on saturday night we will catch you guys later everybody enjoy the game talk to y'all soon
1: we